Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. And boy, do we have some great guests lined up for you today. That's right, Alvin. First up, we're going to have David Skinner, who is the CEO of K Carpenter Associates. And with him is also Leslie Shockley Beyer, who is the president of Petroleum Equipment and Service Association, better known as PESA. She was actually on our magazine a couple of issues back on Shell Magazine as the cover. Absolutely. She's a rock star. In, in the oil and gas industry. Exactly. Well, both of them are here joining us today. David's going to give us a rundown of what's coming up on their upcoming event, the Houston Energy Breakfast. Um, so we'll be covering that. Following this update from Leslie and David will be Ryan Sitton, Commissioner for the Texas Railroad Commission. And we also have our Midland correspondent, Catherine Stokes, as well as oil and gas trivia at the tail end of the show. So listen closely for your chance to win a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. Now, Kim, before we bring our guests onto the show, let's talk about what's going on with Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. Well, Alvin, we're getting ready to release in mid-March. And, you know, this issue is the history of oil and gas And we're very proud of that because, you know, we just don't cover enough uh, how we arrived, where we are at now, and the real history behind oil and gas. But I'm very proud to also announce our cover is the Port of Victoria, and the chairman is Robbie Burge. And we're so excited to be able to tell their story because, you know, there's so many different ports, and they're all utilized for different things pertaining to oil and gas. The Port of Victoria is no different. It is a very distinctive port, has a lot of great things to offer, and so we were very proud to be able to bring it to our readerships about the different uh, wonderful uh, opportunities that are at the Port of Victoria. And we also are going to have a feature with Elizabeth Killinger, who is the president of Reliant, an NRG company out of Houston. And then, of course, as always, we have Steer. Uh, Steer's article is going to be explaining how the export ban is changing the way that we see and utilize crude oil. You know, it was just a couple of shows back, it seems like we were talking about repealing the ban, and then it was lifted. Yeah, uh, boom, the ban's gone. Now what do we do? (laughs) Exactly. Well, now what happens is is the point. So we're very excited that Steer is uh, talking to our readers about it. And we also, you know, always have great contributors every single issue. Folks like Dr. Tom Tunstall. We have the Women's Energy Network, a dynamic group of ladies. Uh, Alex Sharfin, and the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, and so many more. Now, Kim, I think it's time to bring on David Skinner and Leslie Shockley Beyer onto the show and, and give us some pertinent updates on the upcoming Houston Energy Breakfast. We have David Skinner, who is the CEO of K Carpenter Associates, better known as KCA. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you for having me. Well, David, I'd like to get started because you guys have an upcoming event that we're really excited about. It's the Houston Energy Breakfast, uh, and we're going to start talking about that. But before we do, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Um, you know, as the budget continues to be cut, um, you know, because we are in somewhat of a downward turn with oil and gas prices, do you expect that the how do you expect this will affect the attendance on the Houston Energy Breakfast, if at all? Well, um, it's a great question. Um, we actually started the breakfast a year ago. What we've seen is that each event has actually grown in size, 
And, and so we've been really pleased about that. So I'm hoping that uh, our event in March this year, which is on March 31st, uh, we have another great turnout. You know, you are the CEO of a management consulting company that helps clients manage the risk and uncertainty. Um, so what is the biggest obstacle that you see companies facing today? And how are they managing these obstacles? Well, well I think, um, again, another good question. The uh, the big things that, of course, are on, on everybody's mind and, and seem to um, be kind of at the center of most of the dialogue uh, that we're having with clients is around price volatility and sort of human capital constraints. And, and so if you, if you think about those, um, and, and I know that, you know, people say, is, you know, is this the new normal or, you know, what? I, I've been through five cycles. And uh, and I can remember each one of them fairly distinctly. And and while each cycle has been somewhat different um, in either the the nature of the cycle or or sometimes even the longevity of the cycle, it seems like every time we we, we get in one of these troughs, uh, there's you know a lot of panic. Um, but we always tend to come out of these you know within a, a couple of years. And generally, the industry, you know, finds a way to be stronger when it comes out. And I think that the the way out, um, especially in the in the last cycle or two, has been through technology. Um, we've seen huge advances in fracking technology, drilling technology, you know, which has enabled the sort of shale revolution. Uh, you know, going from you know literally months and and weeks to days, you know, in terms of, of drilling and, and completing, um, I think uh, we will still see continued emphasis on technology. I think technology is the way that we we combat these issues. But price volatility is, is really nothing new. We get lulled into either a sense of, of low price or high price. I mean, $100 barrel oil uh, with a with the amount of oil that was coming on just from the shale uh, production itself, if you sit back and took a, a fairly macroeconomic look at it, you would say prices aren't going to hold, which they didn't. And so I think that the, you know, for most of our clients, price volatility is one thing, and, and it's really around uh, how do we manage it, how do we anticipate it, when do we make our move? Because this is. Um, providing lots of opportunities, either through uh, consolidation plays. Uh, so I think we'll see a lot of M&A activity you know, this year and next. Um, it, it does kind of weed out the, the weaker players, uh, especially if they're over-leveraged. But I think it, it creates uh, new opportunities for, for all players. And, um, and again, technology in terms of uh, either uh, capital uh, technology making the, uh, the process more efficient or even in terms of, of human technology, you know, whether it's uh, digital advances in, in connecting people and, and making uh, sort of the human side much more efficient. I think all of those things are going to come into play. And, and a price drop is a, is a great change agent for – uh, ensuring that, that technology sort of gets looked at and gets adopted. 
Well, I agree with you. We're definitely living in a very interesting time when it comes down to the price of a barrel of oil. I'd like to also uh, bring on a very special guest who um, not too long ago was on our cover of our publication called Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine. Leslie Shockley Beyer is actually the president of PISA, better known as the Petroleum Equipment and Service Association. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, it's good to catch up with you again. We haven't, uh, we, we've talked briefly in between, but the cover was an amazing cover. It allowed us an opportunity to really discuss the great things that you've been working on with PISA as well as um, just your background. Uh, being a woman in the oil and gas industry is it's a great thing to cover that. But I want to ask you a little bit about, you know, you're getting ready to be a panelist on the Houston Energy Breakfast on March 31st. And what can we expect to hear from you at the podium? Right. Well, thank you for that. We we also enjoyed the show cover, and, and our board was very pleased with how that turned out. So thanks for your comments on that. Um, I'm looking forward to speaking at the Energy Breakfast, you know, with the topic of price and volatility. I think what I will hope to cover is, you know, how the downturn is affecting my sector, uh, which is the service and supply sector, you know, and what we're doing as a trade association to help see our members through the downturn and beyond. Um, you know, it's, most people realize that as, as prices have plummeted, uh, it is service providers and equipment manufacturers in the oil field that feel it first. We've certainly um, seen these companies shoulder the brunt of job and revenue losses. Um, and so I, I want to kind of talk through the impact these companies have, have received, but how they have really just in such a quick and efficient way been able to kind of to ramp things down, um, you know, in order to provide those price concessions that the EMP companies need. Um, and then what we're doing as a trade association to help them, you know, whether it's providing networking opportunities or business intelligence in terms of our credit interchange division, um, certainly trainings and seminars uh, in an environment where these companies don't have a lot of training dollars. You know, we are stepping in there to provide that. And certainly the networking piece is important because, you know, once this the supply and demand look to balance out and things stabilize, we'll pick back up again pretty quick and relationships need to be in place uh, and talent needs to be sharp and ready to go. So that's what I'll hope to cover. Interesting, because I think that the perception um, when you look at uh, the service part of it is that there really isn't a place where the service companies can um, extend that cost on. So they kind of bear the entire cost. If there's a, a cost loss there, they have to endure it and find a way of of um, overcoming that. And I don't think that uh, the general consumer understands that. I think they think that they pass it on to the customer and you really, they can't. Um, right, right. Yeah, yeah so, those, those costs are, are certainly absorbed by them. And, you know, you see in their fourth quarter reportings, um, you know, 40, 50, 50% revenue loss. And uh, it's, it's significant for these guys. I agree. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, your annual conference, the PESA annual conference that's happening. It's actually happening the week after the Houston Energy Breakfast. Uh, Innovation through dynamic change, opportunities and challenges for the upstream industry in transition. What can we expect from y'all's conference? Well, yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. So this is our largest conference of the year, and this is where we bring all of our members together along with um, the EMP companies, their customers, and really look um, at a number of different perspectives 
on, you know, what our sector is doing in, in that given year. So this year our theme is innovation through dynamic change. You know, like you said, opportunities and challenges. We'll have, you know, offshore perspectives um, from operators and drilling contractors, onshore perspectives, as well as analyst perspectives, and certainly some, you know, energy policy highlights. A lot of, you know, significant keynote speakers will come together over the course of those three days in San Diego and speak with our, our members, um, you know, about what to expect. And, and it's a good time for our membership to really get together and kind of, you know, uh, spend some time with each other and discussing what's going on and, and how we're going to respond as a sector. We do look forward to seeing you guys on March 31st at the Houston Energy Breakfast. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Kim. Thank, thank you for having us. Thank you, Dave and Leslie, for these updates on the Houston Energy Breakfast. Kim, before we bring Commissioner Sitton on the show, we need to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more in the oil patch after this. Join us at the Houston Energy Breakfast on March 31st at the Norris Conference Center at City Center as we hear from Michael Thomas, COO from NA Gas at BP America, R.T. Dukes, Senior Research Director of Wood McKenzie, and Leslie Shockley Byer, President of the Petroleum Equipment Services Association. If you haven't registered, go to HoustonEnergyBreakfast.com and secure your seat. Use registration discount code SHALEMAG for $10 off at checkout. This can't-miss Energy Breakfast event is expected to sell out, so don't don't wait. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- 240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities, where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey alongside your host, Kim Bellotto. Kim, I think it's time we bring Commissioner Sitton onto the show. Take it away. Thank you, Alvin. Good afternoon, Commissioner Sitton, and welcome to In the Oil Patch. Thank you. It's always good to be back. 
I know we had you, we haven't had you back for a little bit, but we're glad you decided to join us again. Real quick, Commissioner Sinton, can we get you to talk a little bit about, um, for our audience, uh, the Railroad Commission, what you guys do, and your background, a little bit about how you became a Railroad Commissioner and why? Sure. Well, as uh, some people in the state know, the Texas Railroad Commission does nothing with trains. We are the oil and gas uh, and coal mining regulatory authority for the state. So if somebody wants to drill a well or put in a disposal um, process, if they want to build a pipeline, they have to come to the Railroad Commission to get a permit to do those things. They also have to follow the rules that we put in place, the engineering standards, if you will, that enforce how it's done. There are three railroad commissioners that run that agency. We, I am one of those three railroad commissioners, and so I have an operational responsibility to make sure the agency runs well, and I have a quasi-judicial responsibility when contested cases come up. The three railroad commissioners uh, hear those cases and will make rulings on cases um, in our administrative court, if you will. I became a railroad commissioner a year ago. Um, I was sworn in a year ago. I started running for office two years ago. This is my first time to serve in elected office. I'm actually an engineer by background. Uh, spent 20 years in the oil and gas and energy sectors as an engineer, and I'm the first engineer to serve as a railroad commissioner now in 50 years. Well, you know, um, as you stated, the Railroad Commission, there's three, and how important uh, that regulatory arm is to the state of Texas because we have so much oil and gas exploration. So you're all the three commissioners are elected to that position to, you know, not only regulate the oil and gas, but also protect the citizens in the community. And you guys are doing a great job in both areas. But I understand that you all have a new executive director um, at the Railroad Commissioner. Can we talk a little about who is uh, the executive director for your team? Absolutely. Uh, so we hired Kim Corley to join us as the executive director. She started uh, beginning of February, so she's been there three weeks, I guess, now. And Kim comes to us not out of prior political experience, but out of private industry. She had worked for several um, energy companies prior to coming to the Railroad Commission, and she, uh, her most recent responsibilities were in new business development, i.e. capital expansion. So she's got great market experience. She's got fantastic professional experience. And I'm very proud of the Railroad Commission and proud, frankly, of, of the job or the, the hire that I and the other two commissioners made in bringing him on board because we, we went into private sector to bring real great expertise to the commission. I'm just thrilled that Kim is there. Well, she certainly does sound like a dynamic person and is going to bring a lot to uh, the commission. And you also have a new, a new general counsel as well. We do. In fact, uh, our new general counsel came to us also from uh, private industry. He most recently worked for one of the, the nation's largest coal mining uh, companies. And why that is a particularly good fit is not only does he have experience as a general counsel in a large organization, but he's also had experience working directly in and around uh, the energy industry. And in fact, very direct experience dealing with the new clean power plan that the Obama EPA has been advancing over the last year. So Alex is, is a great fit as well. We're thrilled to have him. And, and once again, 
went out to went outside of, of prior government outside of the political spectrum to bring in a real high level of expertise. Well, it certainly sounds like you guys are going to start doing. You've already been doing amazing things, but with added adding these new individuals to uh, the organization is definitely going to bring a different dynamic. Sounds like it's going to be a great opportunity for the Railroad Commission to really up their game, if you will, which I'm sure makes a lot of people um, happy in Texas because, you know, you guys are elected and, and it's important that we take advantage of private sector to allow public office to kind of grow in the same way that private sector typically tends to grow as well and how they look at things. Um, but I'm going to change, Commissioner Sinton, I'm going to change the gears just a little bit. And uh, we're going to start talking a little bit about some, uh, a topic that's been out there quite a bit in the media, and that's induced seismicity. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about what is the definition or define what is induced seismicity first so we can get into the topic? Sure. Well, seismicity, before I get into induced seismicity, is any time uh, you have shifts in the earth that cause tremors, i.e. earthquakes. Induced seismicity is when there is some sort of non-natural or non-geologic force or um, impetus that is causing that seismicity. That could be something man-made. It could be something like drought. It could be something uh, like... Uh, other you know, natural phenomena, but something other than natural geologic stresses that are causing seismicity to occur. And when that happens, we refer to it as induced seismicity. Very interesting. You know, a decent amount of people have actually asked me about induced seismicity, and I'm always telling them that, well, you know, I'd like to be the expert, but I'm not. We need to wait until we have um, Commissioner Sinton on, and he'll explain next time on our show what that is. Uh, So thank you for explaining the differences. But give us some details about the impact of induced seismicity and then these events related to the oil and gas industry. Is there a correlation in any way to the industry? Well, in Texas, to give you a little bit of background, we started seeing an uptick in seismic events or numbers of seismic events about six, seven years ago. And they were focused predominantly in the North Texas area, in and around the DFW and surrounding county areas. Uh, As you can imagine, anybody whose house is shaking is going to have concern, and all of us would do that if there was something that was causing our house to shake, we would start asking questions. What is it? Is it natural? Is it something I need to be concerned about? Does it present safety risk? So people around those areas started asking questions. Now, around, oh, two or three years ago, you started hearing people beginning to to make an association with oil and gas activity. And in fact, some groups started, started claiming that this was going to be related to hydraulic fracturing. Well, as it turns out, almost every scientific organization, uh, academic group, even environmental organizations, have all said, no, 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 hydraulic fracturing uh, has nothing to do with seismicity. That's a great point, Commissioner, and I do want to stay on this topic, but we do need to take a quick break, so we'll be right back with more in the oil patch next. Amerijet's global cargo shipping and freight forwarding network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. Shipping manufactured oversized parts, oil and gas field equipment, or supplies domestically or internationally? 
Marijet is your full-service multimodal transportation and logistics provider, offering domestic and international scheduled all-cargo transport via land, sea, and air. Marijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S. with more than 625 destinations worldwide, providing global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Our 40-plus years of experience in the energy industry will help drive your excellent performance. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. From oversized hazardous materials, which include oil and lubricants, and heavyweight cargo, to your chosen destination. For on-time delivery, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 844-651-7956. Once again, that's 844-651-7956. Or visit us at Amerijet.com. Hey, 2016 is a great time to grow your business, and there is no time like the present to improve the awareness of your brand. Any business can benefit from advertising to the oil and gas industry, but it's really important to partner with a marketing company that has a proven track record with this growing industry. Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us Info at shalemag.com. Again, that's info at shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G, dot com. Or you can call us, 210-240-7188. Again, that's 210-240-7188. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210-240-7188. Again, 210-240-7188. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oilfield Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto, visiting today with Commissioner Ryan Sitton of the Texas Railroad Commission. We've been talking about induced seismicity, and one of the things, Kim and, and Commissioner, I'd like to throw out there is that The U.S. Geological Survey even says on their website that hydraulic fracturing has absolutely zero, nothing to do with induced seismicity. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, that's that's right. And I go back to what I said before. There's a lot of confusion, and and you can understand why. The average person not in the oil and gas business doesn't necessarily understand the difference between hydraulic fracturing and a disposal well. And so you just kind of associate them all as oil and gas. And it's really important to remember everyone, once again, even environmental groups and academic organizations are saying hydraulic fracturing is, has no relation. There's not even, there's bar- barely even a chance it could be related to earthquakes in Texas. So it's a great point to bring up. The amount or the volume of water and the, the localized pressure that is, that is induced in a oil and gas production well when a fracture job is done to complete the well, is 
way too small to have any impact on seismicity. People started saying, well, what about disposal wells, where you are injecting much, much larger volumes of water? And you started hearing some people doing a little bit of investigation and, and pondering this possibility. And then about a year and a half ago at SMU, they did a research study around some seismicity or some earthquakes in the Azle area. Azle is about an hour or an hour and a half northwest of Fort Worth. There were two disposal wells up there that were in relatively close proximity to uh, the epicenter of a relatively strong set of earthquakes. They were above 3.0 magnitude earthquakes. And they, the conclusion of that research paper was, if you read the conclusion, their conclusion that they drew was that uh, disposal wells combined with brine production was the most likely cause of the seismic events. Well, the Railroad Commission, in fact, me in particular, I was sworn into office about uh, two months after that study was published. And we launched a, an investigation process, and we asked the SMU research team to come in. We brought in additional scientists from other areas like Texas A&M, University of Texas, the U.S. Geologic Survey, uh, some railroad commission experts, and some industry experts. And we all got together and explored this and really talked about what the potential is uh, for seismic events to be related to specifically disposal wells. Once again, not hydraulic fracture. Right. And what was, I would say, the major finding that came out of that session and subsequent discussions is there is a very large gap in data that's available. If you look around the state, you look at where seismic events occur, there is very little data around the amounts of uh, pressures and flow rates in disposal wells or any other potential causes like droughts and lake levels that we can correlate to uh, earthquakes and seismic events. So if you remember back about a year ago, the legislature put into its appropriations bill an additional $5 million to fund monitoring and modeling of seismic data around the state to help us get a handle on this question. All this said, people today want to know, well, Ryan, what do you think? I mean, the answer when I put my geek engineer hat on is we don't know yet. I will tell you that there is some correlation. In other words, people say, well, there's been some disposal wells in areas where there uh, has been earthquakes. But I'll also tell you in areas like Irving, where we've had very large earthquakes, and by the way, where I grew up, spent the first 20 years of my life, there are no disposal wells in the Irving area or in any proximity to those earthquakes. So there, it is really raising the question, why, why in some areas where we have no oil and gas activity are we experiencing elevated earthquakes? And yet in other areas where we do, you, you, where we are experiencing earthquakes, people are drawing the conclusion that it is related to oil and gas activity. So there is, there is certainly big question marks around that conclusion, and the Railroad Commission is investigating it actively right now. Well, Commissioner Sinton, that is, um, it sounds like to me exactly why this is an elected position is because you guys do care about the safety of the community as well as regulating the oil and gas in a safe but fair way to them. So I want to get into that as soon as we come back from break. You're listening to In the Oil Patch, and we'll be right back. Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities. 
where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. Ever feel like you've hit a wall with your business? Like you haven't been able to turn the corner on a new avenue for your company? Well, Turning Point Strategies is here to help. Turning Point Strategies is for those startup companies or companies that have been doing very well, but maybe want to move to the next level or are at a turning point. They're looking to think outside the box and that's where we come in. We provide those different strategies to help them turn the corner at that point where they need consulting services. At Turning Point Strategies, we can not only help you turn the corner, we will give you insight on how to prevent yourself from hitting another plateau. We have helped a lot of different companies at many different levels succeed. Call us today at 210-227-5678. Again, that number is 210-227-5678. And visit our website, turningpointstrategies.com. Again, that's turningpointstrategies.com. Are you at your turning point? Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here, just like I am every week in the oil patch, right alongside you, fighting for a strong, responsible, successful, and sustainable oil and gas industry right here in the great state of Texas. Both on this show and as a fleet specialist for the Caleb Auto Group, I get to keep a first-hand perspective on the hard work that goes into making this such a great industry. And trust me, I understand how important it is to maintain both your company's image, the reliability, and the integrity of your fleet and you can't break the bank doing it. So whether your fleet action plan requires leasing, buying outright, or something that falls kind of in between, I can help you. Kalig Fleet Sales represents 11 brands and 16 stores that include Ford, Ram trucks, and Toyota trucks on the heavy-duty side, and Lincoln, Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, and Lexus on the luxury side. Hey, time is money, so our service departments offer pickup and delivery and rapid response to get you back on the road quickly. I would love the opportunity to help you keep your fleet plan rolling, so let's talk. Call me at area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can email me directly, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kaligauto, K-A-H-L-I-G-A-U-T-O.com. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto, visiting today with Commissioner Ryan Sitton of the Texas Railroad Commission. Kim? Well, first of all, I want to thank the commissioners again, as well as the elected officials, for putting money, time, and effort into ensuring that, you know, the safety of uh, Texas residents are of a priority to everyone. But how many... uh, actual wells are there uh, injectable wells in Texas and and is there any how many of them out of all of these hundreds of wells um, actually show any activity or uh, anything you can might be able to link to some seismicity occurring with them well first of all you know I appreciate you thanking me but you don't have to do that it's our job and at the end of the day making sure that Texans are confident in the way this industry functions is not a political issue while we are elected officials, people at home want to know that activity going on in their community or in their area is safe, and we take that job very seriously, and we're proud to do it. On to your second question about uh, numbers of wells. You know, there are literally hundreds of disposal wells in operation uh, across the state of Texas, and there are only a handful, and I don't know the number, that are in proximity to epicenters of earthquakes. 
and it gets to this idea of correlation, right? Correlation is not the same as causation. I have actually, I haven't done this myself, but up in the Fort Worth, Azel, and Reno area where this study was done, and if you go down through Irving and down to Mansfield, where there have been a string of earthquakes all in the DFW area, there's actually stronger correlation between the location of McDonald's restaurants and epicenters of earthquakes than there are disposal well and epicenters of earthquakes. Now, obviously, everybody knows McDonald's restaurants don't cause earthquakes, but it shows you the idea that you can't just just because there is a McDonald's there and there's earthquake nearby mean that they're necessarily related. Now, all this said, we do understand it is possible for mankind to induce earthquakes. There was a famous study done in the 1950s, I think it was, in Colorado, uh, a chemical injection study done by the, the U.S. government in which they were actually testing if they could uh, trigger earthquakes, and they showed that they could do that. It was called the Rocky Mountain Arsenal case. So we know it can happen, but even though there's such a low correlation and we are still gathering data, that's why over a year ago the Railroad Commission added to its permit process for disposal wells, that if someone was requesting a permit for a disposal well, they had to do some additional research to look at uh, potentially active faults and active seismic um, data in the area and submit that with their um, permit request so that our seismologists and our geophysicists at the Railroad Commission could make sure we were reviewing that extra data. So even though we don't have any any direct links or definitive uh, information that would link disposal wells to earthquakes, we are still gathering additional data and really scrutinizing these to make sure that people are confident in what we're doing. Well, I'd, I'd also like to add, you know, reading on the, the Geological Survey's website, even if disposal wells were a contributing factor to induced seismic events, so is the impoundment of water. You know, maybe like a, a good amount of rainfall filling our lakes back up, or perhaps our lakes being dry. But Commissioner Sinton, you're an engineer, and I'm sure that side of you comes out when you're trying to figure out how to solve issues, particularly those that affect, you know, the Texas landscape and the oil and gas industry. So in your opinion, is there a way to reduce or eliminate these seismic events that occur in Texas? There is no way to eliminate seismic events because – most of them happen very naturally. There are active uh, faults in the North Texas area. As I said, I grew up in Irving, and there are several active faults running through Irving. And those are going to occur whether – and there's nothing we can do about it. The question is timing of those events and severity of those events, and is there something that possibly could be done to affect those? In theory, the answer is yes, if – that we are doing, if there is some way for us to affect them. Uh, in other words, if there is something happening that might have an effect. Today, we don't, we don't have any direct connections. We don't have any data, any uh, conclusive results that show that there are activities that are or are not triggering seismicity. So today, we don't know if there's anything we could do. Is it possible? Yes. But once again, it's, it is just as likely as in the Irving area that there are completely natural or being caused by drought conditions um, or flood conditions or something else that we just cannot control. Part of nature. As a commissioner for the Texas Railroad Commission, have you had a success in changing people's negative perspective in oil and gas 
uh, in times like this where the industry is constantly being put in difficult spots, I mean, what is, how difficult is it to change the perception pertaining to oil and gas and all the negative perception that's out there? It's such a great question, and it is a real part of my passion because I grew up as the son of two science teachers. Uh, always, you know, we were a very, and we were also a family of campers and outdoorsmen. And so I have a real appreciation for making sure that we're doing things that protect our environment and protect our communities. But I also spent 20 years in the oil and gas business, and I know what a, what a high-priority oil and gas companies and individuals that run those companies put on doing the right thing. And so I really do want to try to help share that message and help people understand the way that things are being done and how we really do lead the world in the technology and the methodologies that we employ to protect the environment and protect the communities that we are in. When I say we, I mean the industry. So all that said, the oil and gas industry has been around a long time, and a lot longer than I have been, and certainly a lot longer than I've been a commissioner. And unfortunately, when you look back, there are stories from many years ago, like the Exxon Valdez, and even more recently, the the Gulf incident, uh, the BP Macondo incident, and it just takes one of those to really stick in people's minds and really leave a bad taste for a long, long time. And when you look at those companies and you talk to the representatives today, you realize how aggressively they are pursuing uh, doing the right things and demonstrating their commitment. But it, it's, a, it's a long road, and we're doing a lot of work to do that. I can tell you on a more anecdotal level when I go in and give speeches at environmental conferences or at uh, chamber meetings or local community groups, and, I, and they are able to ask the questions around our development processes and the rules at the Railroad Commission, I can tell that people do get a better sense of what we're doing and feel, feel much better about, oh, wow, there, there is a lot of rules. There are, there are really good processes in place. But that's a lot of information to share, and it's going to take some time to do it. Great information on the topic of induced seismicity, Commissioner, but right now we do need to take a break, so we'll be right back with more in the oil patch right after this. Amerijet's global cargo shipping and freight forwarding network is ready to take care of all your shipping needs. Shipping manufactured oversized parts, oil and gas field equipment, or supplies domestically or internationally? Amerijet is your full-service multimodal transportation and logistics provider, offering domestic and international scheduled all-cargo transport via land, sea, and air. Amerijet will connect your company to over 30 major cities in the U.S., with more than 625 destinations worldwide, providing global transportation solutions throughout the Americas, Mexico, the Caribbean, Europe, Asia, and the Middle East. Our 40-plus years of experience in the energy industry will help drive your excellent performance. Let Amerijet's global team ensure the safe delivery of your cargo. From oversized hazardous materials, which include oil and lubricants and heavy weight cargo, to your chosen destination. For on-time delivery, Amerijet Houston is your commercial shipping partner. Call Amerijet at 844-651-7956. Once again, that's 844-651-7956. Or visit us at Amerijet.com. Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. 
Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey along with your host Kim Bellotto, visiting today with Commissioner Ryan Sitton of the Texas Railroad Commission. Kim? Uh, changing gears just a little bit, Commissioner Sitton, uh, do you guys have any plans at the uh, commission to go out and do any statewide uh, meetings to discuss where we are. I know that there was a lot last year going on with uh, the task force, but since things have kind of slowed down, I'm not sure how active you guys are in the communities. Um, are there any plans for you guys to be out? Um, I know you hold public hearings in Austin and individuals, citizens can go and testify for or against things, but do you all still go out into the public? We do. Uh, we don't have any formal uh, long-term plans to host meetings in certain areas, but we are constantly doing outreach. I mean, we've got 10 district offices all over the state uh, that have Railroad Commission employees, inspectors, and local, uh, local staff that, that assist operators in the areas. And we are always sending people out to groups that are interested. So if we get a request from a Chamber of Commerce or a community organization, we will engage, and sometimes it's our uh, communications team, uh, sometimes it's me. And I try to get out and do as much of that as I can. And we get involved in all sorts of important initiatives. Just yesterday, for example, I gave a speech to the Australian-American Chamber of Commerce, basically. There's a group of Australians and Americans getting together in Houston talking about future economic uh, development and kind of comparing best practices. Obviously, Texas and Australia are big uh, leaders in oil and gas development. And so you'd be, it, there's this constant need to share insight and expertise and market opportunities in oil and gas. And uh, we try to be as engaged as we can. Very interesting. That's kind of unusual too, Australia. Well, I want to recap uh, induced seismicity because um, if we have our listeners that are joining us right now, we've had a great discussion with Commissioner Sinton on induced seismicity and the role of the Texas Railroad Commission and how seriously they are looking to study uh, if there's any correlation. Uh, obviously, we know there's no correlation between uh, fracking, but it's an important topic. Um, and so I just wanted to cover that it has not been proven um, that fracking does, is not the direct cause of these events. And therefore, you know, oil and gas the industry, um, it's a safe, uh, relatively safe practice, and it really is focusing that th there might be a potential uh, correlation between disposal wells, uh, but you guys are basically looking into that data right now. So um, I just wanted to cover that for listeners to make sure that they kind of understood uh, where the Texas Railroad Commission is stating we stand with fracking and, and, um, and seismicity or induced seismicity. Just to recap that, you're exactly right. There, that not only is uh, it, it's been generally accepted by a wide range that hydraulic fracturing has nothing to do with seismicity, and so that's a, that's been a fairly unequivocal um, conclusion that everybody has drawn. What about there seems to be a lot of discussion in the media as well pertaining to some activity that's happening in Oklahoma, 
can we talk a little bit about what your thoughts are on what's happening in Oklahoma and how it might affect Texas? Sure. Well, I'll give you a couple of comparative uh, numbers. So, um, first of all, keep in mind that what happens in Oklahoma and happens in Texas are actually very, very different. There's different geology. Uh, there's different resource plays. Uh, when you look at disposal wells, a big disposal well in Texas uh, would be injecting 25,000 barrels a day of water. Uh, when you look in Oklahoma, there's actually some 250,000 barrel a day wells. The injection interval that they're injecting into is much different. Uh, it, it accepts a lot more water. And the number of uh, earthquakes in Texas, we've seen our earthquakes go up by a factor of about 10 from about 10 years ago. Now, during that time, we've also seen a very large drought condition. We've seen a lot of lakes nearly run dry. And so there's been other things that have happened in the last 10 years. But over the last 10 years, the number of earthquakes in Texas have multiplied by 10. In Oklahoma, the number of earthquakes has multiplied by 600. So there is a very different phenomenon going on in Oklahoma. And and all the only reason I say that is uh, I have spoken today about what's happening in Texas, the data we're gathering, the research we're doing. Uh, I can't speak to what's happening in Oklahoma because it's a very different situation. And it may be that we draw different conclusions eventually about Texas and Oklahoma, given the difference in the situation. Very, very interesting topic. Well, Commissioner Sitton, I want to thank you once again for being our guest in the oil patch. We look forward to getting updates from you uh, on what the Railroad Commission is, is working on. Sounds great. Well, I always look forward to coming back. Thank you, Kim. Great conversation today, but we do need to take a quick break, so we'll be right back with more In the Oil Patch next. Support for In the Oil Patch comes from the West Texas Energy Consortium, connecting rural West Texas communities, where members and partners communicate about common issues, challenges, and workable solutions, as well as educating future energy industry leaders. For more information about the West Texas Energy Consortium, visit their website at www.wtxec.org or give them a call at 325-795-4206. The West Texas Energy Consortium, where capitalizing on regional energy growth means power in partnership. And welcome back to In the Oil Patch. My name's Alvin Bailey, along with your host, Kim Bellotto, visiting today with our Midland correspondent, Catherine Stokes. Kim? We're now being joined by Catherine Stokes, who is the executive director for the West Texas Energy Consortium. Catherine, welcome back to the show. Thanks so much, Kim. How are you? We're great. You know, we're so excited that you have decided to help us learn about events uh, that are actually going on in the Permian Basin area. And so I'm really glad that we have this partnership with you and your organization that's going to allow us to learn about things that are coming that we can take advantage of. I think that's great, Kim. There, There is plenty going out on out here in West Texas, and I know we don't get a hold of all the information we need for events, but whatever we can do to help pass on and help our um, listenership and help our members, we'll gladly do. Um, in Midland, Odessa, you guys have a, a career fair coming up uh, in May. Let's talk about that a little bit. Our uh, Permian Basin Workforce Development Board started working on, after an initial meeting January, uh, they walked away from the table and had several employers and some local stakeholders, and they're going to put on a local uh, Permian Regional Career Exploration Fair, and it's going to be for our middle schoolers and our uh, all the way up to high school. It's going to be May 17th. It's going to be uh, free. 
They'll be hosting it at the commemorative Air Force High Sky Wing located at, uh, in between Midland and Odessa. And they've just started having a couple of um, meetings on, you know, what kind of exhibitors they're going to have. And they definitely know that they want some real hands-on exhibits. We've already reached out to our colleges and some employers in the region that are going to bring some great simulators and some great hands-on tools to expose students not only to STEM-related careers and things that are related to the energy industry, but, you know, looking at healthcare, um, computer networking, programming, um, anything having to do with the automotive industry, diesel mechanics, I mean, you name it, they want to bring that in, and they have a huge, huge um, space they're going to be able to fill up with exhibitors. So as they get farther down the planning and we know um, who some of those exhibitors will be, they're definitely looking for some folks to um, bring in some ideas and bring in some exhibitors. Their contact person is Rosemary Casas. She's a new individual there with the Workforce Board. If anyone wants to contact her that might like to be an exhibitor or help with sponsorship or uh, help with the planning process of putting one of these on, because I think, you know, Kim, you and I know from putting on events, uh, especially if this is your first time in planning something this large, you don't realize all that all that goes into planning an event until you get there and you start working on it. True. Volunteers are going to be needed as well as sponsors to help support this event. Um, where can they get a hold of uh, Rosemary? Uh, if they'll contact Rosemary at 432-563-5239. And we'll also have this event posted on the consortium's website that'll have some other details and, and take you directly to their website. And uh, folks can look at that at WTXEC.org. Great. Now, you also have um, a child and youth conference coming in April in San Angelo. Yes. Um, the, it's the second annual Concho Valley Child and Youth Conference. And this year, their keynote speaker is going to be Albert Wright. Really, this is going to be more of a professional development um, type event for educators, um, child care providers, em- employers that may be interested in some information. Most of these training sessions will focus on our infant and toddlers, preschool age and school age and youth. And these will be looking at our brain development, exploring science for this um, through the mind of a school ager, and looking at those fine motor skills and motor development for infant and toddlers. There looks like there's going to be a great number of sessions and a lot of experts that are going to be there. That event is going to take place April 16th in San Angelo at Howard College. It's going to be $25, and there are going to be CEUs available for um, any of our healthcare folks, any of our child care or um, educators. They'll just have to contact Howard College for that. The contact person for that is Debbie Francis. Her phone number is 325 653 2321 and we're looking forward to hearing more about the event as they get closer and closer again um, details and direct contact information and the registration form can be found on the consortium's website at www.wtxcc.org you know Catherine I cannot uh, you know stress enough how important early education is um, you know, with 80 to 90 percent of IQ being formed, usually by the age of four to five, early education is the key, as well as parent involvement. So I really am excited to hear uh, in a state where abuse is um, 
it happens far too often. I really encourage our parents to uh, take the trip as well as educators to learn more about early education as well as uh, you know child and youth. Sounds like it's going to be a great conference. I think it will be. It looks like they have more than 30 sessions planned uh, around not just the um, reporting and abuse, but a lot having to do with brain development, um, fine motor skills, all those things that we take for granted that we think as parents just happen. Um, These folks specialize in and they're experts in, so they'll be able to um, work with our educators and our healthcare and childcare providers. Great, great, great. Um, let's jump into um, Schneider, Texas as well. You guys have a Jump Start program happening in April. What's that? Uh, the local the local workforce board here in West Central and the consortium has helped with coordinating and help working that event. Uh, they do a Jump Start Your Future. It's a youth expo. It's focused on our middle schoolers through high schoolers. It's basically letting them do um, – some career exploration, looking at anything that's STEM or STEM-related, any kind of career. We really want our students to get hands-on and be able to talk to employers, be able to talk to schools. Because, as you know, Kim, you know, college is expensive, and that's an expensive mistake to make. I've worked with plenty of college students that they get in their sophomore or junior year, and they think that they have an idea of what they want to do, and they realize that this is really not what they wanted to do. So we want to give our middle schoolers all the way through high school as many options as possible to explore as many activities as they they would like just to get them started in asking those questions. And this will be the, the second time that they have the Jumpstart um, Your Future Expo in Snyder. Last year, they had over 1,200 students show up to that event in Snyder. So we're looking forward to that. Um, April 27th, it'll be free. And Garland is our contact person there also. Garland does a great job for West Central in putting on um, youth events, whether it's uh, job hiring job fairs, um, career exploration fairs. She does just about anything with our youth. So we're excited to have her again. Um, again, you can reach Garland at 325-795-4327. Perfect. Well, Catherine, I want to thank you for being with us today, giving us a little bit of a rundown of what's coming to the Permian Basin area, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks so much. Catherine Stokes, thank you once again for updating us with the upcoming schedule of events in Midland. And a big thank you to Commissioner Sinton for all the great information you shared with us today on induced seismicity. And I also want to thank Leslie Shockley-Byer and David Skinner for bringing us some updates about the upcoming Houston Energy Breakfast. And Kim, I do believe it's time for oil and gas trivia. Hey, if you're the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shalemag.com, you'll win a $75 gift certificate to the beautiful Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. That's right, Alvin. Here is today's trivia question. What date is the Houston Energy Breakfast slated to take place? Email your response to radio at shalemag.com. That's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And remember that the first correct email wins a $75 gift certificate to the Palm Restaurant in Houston, Texas. And with that, Kim, looks like this week's a wrap. Another great issue of Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine. Getting ready to hit the newsstands. You can always go to shalemag.com to read all the issues. And be sure and like us on social media. It's facebook.com forward slash in the oil patch radio show. And look for us on Twitter at Shale Mag. And Kim, I guess that's a wrap. We'll see you next week. Adios. 
In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.